section eleven of a history of our own times volume three by justin mccarthy this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by pamela nagami chapter thirty five reconquest part two but in the meantime the stout soldier sir colin campbell whom we have already heard of in the crimean campaign had been appointed commander-in-chief of the indian forces and had arrived in india he received it was said the announcement of the task assigned to him one afternoon in london and before the evening he was on his way to the scene of his command he arrived in cawnpur on november third and he set out for lucknow on the ninth he had however to wait for reinforcements and it was not until the fourteenth that he was able to attack even then he had under his command only some five thousand men a force miserably inferior in number to that of the enemy but in those days an english officer thought himself in good condition to attack if the foe did not outnumber him by more than four or five to one a series of actions was fought by sir colin campbell and his little force attacking the enemy on the one side who were attacked at the same time by the besieged garrison of the residency on the morning of november seventeenth Utram and Havelock, with their staff officers, were able to join Campbell before the general action was over, and by the combined efforts of both forces the enemy was dislodged. Sir Colin Campbell resolved, however, that the residency must be evacuated, and accordingly, on the 19th, heavy batteries were opened against the enemy's position, as if for the purpose of assault, and under cover of this operation, the women, the sick, and the wounded were quietly removed to the Dilkusha, a small palace in a park about five miles from the residency which had been captured by sir colin campbell on his way to attack the city during some days following the garrison was quietly withdrawing to the Dilkusha. by midnight of the twenty-second the whole garrison without the loss of a single man had left the residency two or three days more saw the troops established at alamba some four miles from the residency in another direction from that of the dilkusha alamba is an isolated cluster of buildings with grounds and enclosure to the south of lucknow the name of this place is memorable for ever in the history of the war it was there that havelock closed his glorious career he was attacked with dysentery and his frame exhausted by the almost superhuman strain which he had put upon it during his long days and sleepless nights of battle and victory could not long resist such an enemy on november twenty fourth havelock died the queen created him a baronet or rather affixed that honour to his name on the twenty seventh of the same month not knowing then that the soldier's time for struggle and for honour was over the title was transferred to his son the present sir henry havelock who had fought gallantly under his father's eyes the fame of havelock's exploits reached england only a little in advance of the news of his death so many brilliant deeds had seldom in the history of our wars been crowded into days so few all of the fame of that glorious career was the work of some strenuous splendid weeks havelock's promotion had been slow he had not much for which to thank the favour of his superiors no family influence no powerful patrons or friends had made his slow progress more easy 
he was more than sixty when the mutiny broke out he was born in april seventeen ninety five he was educated at the charter house in london where his grave studious ways procured for him the nickname of old floss the schoolboy short for old philosopher he went out to india in eighteen twenty three and served in the burmese war of eighteen twenty four and the sikh war of eighteen forty five he was a man of grave and earnest character a baptist by religion and strongly penetrated with a conviction that the religious spirit ought to pervade and inform all the duties of military as well as civil life by his earnestness and his example he succeeded in animating those whom he led with similar feelings and havelock's saints were well known through india by this distinctive appropriate title havelock's saints showed whenever they had an opportunity that they could fight as desperately as the most reckless sinners and their commander found the fame flung in his way across the path of his duty which he never would have swerved one inch from that path to seek amid all the excitement of hope and fear passion and panic in england there was time for the whole heart of the nation to feel pride in havelock's career and sorrow for his untimely death untimely was it after all untimely since when has it not been the crown of a great career that the hero dies at the moment of accomplished victory sir colin campbell left general outram in charge of alemba for the purpose of keeping watch upon the movements of the insurgents who were still strong in the city of lucknow sir colin himself advanced toward Kanpur, where he soon found that there was some serious work to be done a large hostile force composed chiefly of the revolted army of Sindhya, the ruler of Gwalior, had been marching upon Kanpur, and General Wyndham, who held the command there, had gone out to attack them. It fared with him, however, very much as it had done with Sir Henry Lawrence near Lucknow. He found the enemy far too strong for him. He was compelled to retreat, not without severe loss to his entrenchments at Kanpur, and the enemy occupied the city itself sir colin campbell attacked the rebels at one place sir hope grant attacked them at another and Kanpur was retaken sir colin campbell then turned his attention to the very important work of reconquering the entire city of lucknow and dispersing the great body of rebels who were concentrated there it was not until march nineteenth eighteen fifty eight that Lucknow fell completely into the hands of the English. Our operations had been almost entirely by artillery, and had been conducted with consummate prudence as well as boldness. Our loss was therefore very small, while the enemy suffered most severely. About two thousand of the rebels were killed in the final attack, and more than one hundred of their guns were taken. Among our wounded were the gallant leader of the naval brigade, sir william peel son of the great statesman and among the killed was hodson of hodson's horse the executioner of the princes of delhi sir william peel died at Kanpur shortly after of smallpox his death remarked and lamented even amid all the noble deaths of that eventful time one name must not be forgotten among those who endured the siege of lucknow it is that of dr bryden whom we last saw as he appeared under the walls of jalalabad the one survivor come back to tell the tale of the disastrous retreat from kabul 
a gifted artist mrs butler has lately painted that picture as no words could paint it dr bryden served through the lucknow defence and was specially named in the dispatch of the governor-general after passing through the kabul campaign of eighteen forty one and eighteen forty two the governor-general says of dr bryden he was included in the illustrious garrison who maintained the position in jellalabad he may now as one of the heroes of lucknow claim to have witnessed and taken part in an achievement even more conspicuous as an example of the invincible energy and enduring courage of british soldiers practically the reconquest of lucknow was the final blow in the suppression of the great bengal mutiny the two centres of the movement were delhi and lucknow and when these strongholds were once more in the hands of the english rebellion in the land had well-nigh lost its sway there was hardly after that any rebel camp left to which it would have been worth carrying a flag of truce some episodes of the war however were still worthy of notice for example the rebels seized gwalior the capital of the maharaja sindhia who escaped to agra the english had to attack the rebels retake gwalior and restore sindhia one of those who fought to the last on the rebel side was the rani or princess of jahasi whose territory as we have already seen had been one of our annexations she had flung all her energies into the rebellion regarding it clearly as a rebellion and not as a mere mutiny she took the field with nana sahib and tantia topi for months after the fall of delhi she contrived to baffle sir hugh rose and the english she led squadrons in the field she fought with her own hand she was engaged against us in the battle for the possession of gwalior in the uniform of a cavalry officer she led charge after charge and she was killed among those who resisted to the last her body was found upon the field scarred with wounds enough in the front to have done credit to any hero sir hugh rose paid her the well-deserved tribute which a generous conqueror is always glad to be able to offer he said in his general order that the best man upon the side of the enemy was the woman found dead the rani of jahasi the maharaja sindhya of gwalior had deserved well of the english government under every temptation every threat and many profound perils from the rebellion he had remained firm to his friendship so too had holkar the maharaja of the indore territory both these princes were young when the mutiny broke out some twenty-three years old each of them at a time of life therefore when ambition and enterprise might have been expected to tempt with fullest fascination holkar was actually believed in the beginning to have favoured the rebellion he was deliberately accused of having taken part with it there are even still those who would argue that he was its accomplice so closely were his fortunes to all appearance bound up with the cause of the mutineers and so natural did it seem that he should fail to hold out against them but he disappointed all such expectations on the part of our enemies and proved himself a faithful friend of england the country owes much to those two princes for the part they took at her hour of need and she has not we are glad to think proved herself ungrateful 
the administration of putna by mr william taylor supplied an episode which is still discussed with something like partisan keenness putna is the mohammedan capital of the region east of benares and the city was the headquarters of the chiefs of the fanatical warlike wahhabis mr taylor was the commissioner of the district he suspected that rebellion was being planned there and he got the supposed religious leaders of it into his power by a stratagem something like that which the duke of alva employed to make egmont his prisoner did the end justify the means is the question still asked was there a rebellious plot and if so was it right to anticipate oriental treachery by a stroke of more than oriental craft the episode was interesting but it is too purely an episode to be discussed at any length in these pages it is not necessary to describe with any minuteness of detail the final spasms of the rebellion tantia topi the lieutenant of nana sahib held out obstinately in the field for a long time and after several defeats he was at length completely hemmed in by the english and was deserted by the remainder of his army he was taken prisoner in april eighteen fifty nine was tried for his share in the cawnpur massacre and was hanged like any vulgar criminal the old king of delhi was also put on trial and being found guilty was sentenced to transportation he was sent to the cape of good hope but the colonists there refused to receive him and this last of the line of the grand moguls had to go begging for a prison he was finally carried to rangoon in british burma on december twentieth eighteen fifty eight lord clyde who had been sir colin campbell announced to the governor-general that the campaign is at an end there being no longer even the vestige of rebellion in the province of oued and that the last remnant of the mutineers and insurgents have been hopelessly driven across the mountains which form the barrier between the kingdom of nepal and her majesty's empire of hindustan on may first eighteen fifty nine there was a public thanksgiving in england for the pacification of india End of section eleven